0: Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, I'm back on. Here we go. Hey, we are still in our series of, um, of called The Rock. We're looking at the writings of the Apostle Peter. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4. And we're going to spend a little bit of time there today understanding what it means to suffer. How many people have, uh, have experienced pain, loss, some level of suffering in your life? Raise your hand. Um, and so today that we're going to be talking about the good suffering and the bad suffering. And there's something that comes with a reward and then there's other ones that you just need to be slapped to say stop doing it. Because the reality is, as followers of Jesus Christ, when we give our life to Jesus, if somebody's ever told you, when you give your life to Jesus, everything's going to be perfect, they lied to you. It's not the case. What Jesus has promised us is he'll never leave us or forsake us. So he's walking with us through the midst of our trials and through our suffering. But he doesn't promise that we're not going to have it. I would say, especially as followers of Jesus who are who are trying to pursue him in such a honorable and yet intense way, trying to say, Jesus, I'm fully yours. The reality is, is we have an enemy who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And so you know that we live in a broken, sinful world, and so there is going to be pain, there's going to be death, there's going to be destruction. But yet Jesus, in the midst of that, says, I will never leave you or forsake you. All right. Well, let's look at this. The Apostle Peter, as you know, um, experienced a lot of hardship in following Jesus. He was imprisoned. Um, He actually, remember, um, was crucified at the last part of his life and uh, was crucified upside down. And uh, he experienced pain and suffering. This is how he starts it. So First Peter chapter 4, verse 12, let's follow along together. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial. Can everybody say fiery trial? Yes. When it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. So in other words, like when a trial comes, don't say, <gasps> just like, okay, it's coming. Here we go. Like he's saying, don't be surprised when the trials come. It's it's going to come. That's a good news and a bad news for you. It's gonna you have a trial coming, but here comes the good news because it does something in your life. Here's the but. I always like there's a two buts in this section that we're going to uh, read because on one hand is saying this, but you have to look at the other side. Whenever you see a but in the Bible you need to understand what it is connecting together. It says, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So it says, don't count it strange when you you start facing a fiery trial. And by the way, it's not just a trial. It's a fiery trial. And here's the but. But rejoice, but rejoice. And the why. Why rejoice is because we're going to find God in the midst of it. We're going to find a nature, a quality of who God is that we would never experience in any other way unless we've walked through the trial. You see, he wants us to have joy while you're in the fiery trial. How can it be that that we would experience some sort of rejoicing in the midst of the trial. I think it helps us today to understand what is the outcome of the trial. I think sometimes where we get stuck as people and followers of Jesus, we get stuck in the trial and we get focused on the challenge or the pain or the confusion of that trial, and we forget to see what actually God is doing in the midst of that. Remember, he's never going to leave us or forsake us. He's there in the middle of it, but he wants us to experience a part of his nature. That we can identify with Jesus because Jesus who went to the cross, who suffered, he wants us to begin to understand him in a more intimate way. Now, I also want you to understand this. He doesn't cause the pain in your life. He does not cause the pain in your life. I... um, if you have the question, like, how is it that God allows bad things to happen to good people? You know, all those big storms, a child taken at too young of an age, somebody, you know, passing away of cancer, whatever it might be. How how could a good and loving God be allow these things to happen? And uh, my family watched a movie last night called The Shack. You might have read the book, but the movie's out now. And and it addresses and answers that question. That is not the topic of today, but I would encourage you to watch that movie and it will speak to that quality of who God is. He's, he's good and he's loving and we live in a sinful, broken world. Well, I, I want us to understand that it's okay that, that we sometimes feel that life is a living hell. <laughs> I think it's okay to feel that way. If you want to be honest. But it's not okay to wallow in it. You need to pursue Jesus in the midst of your trials, so you can find him standing right there with you. Because he loves you and he has a great plan for you and he wants you to understand how good he is in the midst of that trial. You know, I think it's it's interesting. There's another scripture in James. the, The brother of Jesus wrote this. He says in James 1, 2 says, consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. And then it goes on to say what it does. It produces a steadfastness. It allows you to be perfected and complete and it reveals more of who God is. Consider all joy. I want you to watch this video. It's going to help create an image in your mind of how it is to to have joy while you feel like you're on fire. Watch this. We're gonna calm things down a bit now and look at flashcards. Won't that be fun? <laughs> Triangle. <laughs> Good. House. Bow, bow. Good. Campfire. I want you to catch in that video is sometimes your life can feel like it's on fire. But do you notice the giggle that little Jack Jack had while he was on fire? That's from The Incredibles. I, I want you to understand that sometimes you can feel like your life is the fiery trial is somehow consuming, and everything it touches seems to get destroyed. But But can you have the attitude that you can have joy and giggle in the midst of the trial? It takes a lot of maturity to get to that place, be honest with you. And there are many times that the trials that I personally face, and I'll be honest with you, I'm going through a trial right now. You know, the the joys of being a leader is uh, you tend to be the one that always has the target painted on you. And you will run the risk of being misjudged, misunderstood, mischaracterized. But can I take a step back for a moment and say, I consider all joy when the fiery trials come. Can I giggle, can I laugh or am I taken out of the equation because the trial then consumes me and that is the very thing the enemy wants? Because if he can paralyze you, and he can stagnate you, and he can take you out of the game, you're no longer a threat. But here's the interesting thing. If we position ourselves in the right way, we spend more time on our knees, spend more time seeking after God's face, in the midst of the trial, it actually strengthens us. It doesn't paralyze us. It actually builds builds us up. It doesn't tear us down. So consider it all joy, church, when you face trials of many kinds, and especially those fiery trials. Be jack-jack. Giggle while you're having the fiery trial. It's hard to do. Be jack-jack. Because in the midst of that, you're going to find some qualities of who God is that you will never find in any other way. And it will build your life and you will grow and you'll mature. Isaiah 43 verse 2. This is one that I would love for you to open up your Bible and underline. Isaiah 43 verse 2. I'm going to pause there for a moment so you can find it. I don't, I don't want to, um, to cr- go over this too quickly. Because when we realize that the fiery trials will not consume you, it will not harm you if we don't allow it. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. This is what he's talking about. In the midst of those deep waters, when it feels like the rushing currents are ready to sweep you off your feet, and you start to panic, says it won't overtake you. It won't overwhelm you. When you walk through the fiery trial, it will not burn you. But it will leave a mark on you. And the mark that it leaves on you hopefully becomes the mark of greater qualities of who Jesus is. Did you catch that? You see, when we walk through these, these trials that identify with Jesus, we actually can become more like Jesus. We actually then to bear, start bearing the representation of who he is. And we would start to take on the marks of his qualities and his personality. So how do you do this? How can you walk through these fiery trials? How can you continue to stand in the the face of this opposition or the life circumstances that seem to be overwhelming you? Remember last week when you had the testimony of two gals who have been healed of cancer and And Linda tells us, she goes, I actually thank the Lord that I had cancer. How could she say that? She told us why. It's because she found something of the nature and the quality of God in the midst of that trial that she would have never found any other way. God did not cause the cancer. God did not make that horrible thing happen to her, but God was with her. And when she turned her attention onto him and to rely, relied on him for her strength, God showed up and she saw him in a new way. She saw him in a new way. You might have trials health complications, financial difficulty, trials with friends and family. Job, school, disappointments, betrayal. If we allow allow it, these trials can actually produce something so spectacular in your life. I like to say it, look for the gem in the junk. Look for the gem in the junk. Because in the midst of the trial, the fiery trial, there's always a gem hidden in it. That's the how. That's the how you can keep pursuing because when you pursue the right thing, you need to start looking at your trial as as an opportunity to find something so precious. Look for the gem in the junk. Think about the trial you're facing right now. Start turning your eyes away from the problem Start looking for the gem, which would be the presence of God. Which will be his qualities, his nature. Are you spending time in his word that he will speak to you? I remember through one of my trials not too long ago, and we were talking about Peter, one of the things that God showed me, which was a, which was a gem for me, is that I could, be, I could be standing up for Jesus and actually be opposing to God. Remember when Peter cut off the ear of the soldier, he thought he was standing up for Jesus, protecting Jesus, but actually God was in the process of sending Jesus to the cross to save all of us. And Peter missed the very thing that God was doing. And so in the midst of my trial, here I'm trying to stand up for righteousness and, and I'm wondering like, how come I, it doesn't feel like I'm doing the right thing. And then God says, is it possible that you Are so interested in doing the right thing, you're you're missing my voice of what I'm trying to do. See, that was a gem for me that I found in the midst of a trial. And I think as long as we are looking at our trial and our circumstance, we we miss the opportunity to find the gem. Find the gem in the junk. Church, when we start doing that, when we start living our life that way, we are going to not only find more qualities of who God is, but we're going to find greater levels of freedom in our life. Because the things that he reveals to us are the things that set us free. You see, in that moment when I was saying, hey, I'm pursuing righteousness and I'm making right decisions and making right right decisions towards that, and then also God just saying, well, you might be pursuing the right thing, but actually it might be the wrong thing. Wrong thing that you're doing. How could that be? Well, it's because God needed to to speak to me. I allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to me and find something of his quality, which is you can't just live your life even just trying to live morally or ethically. You could still miss Jesus. You can miss God by just trying to even doing the right thing. So I found the gem in the middle of the junk. And it brought a level of freedom to me to say, wait a second, maybe I don't need to control this situation. Maybe I need to step back and let you take control, God. And I grew from that situation, even though it was a trial. And my heart for each one of us, as we face these trials, and by the way, The latter days, whatever we are in in this moment of time, are we getting closer to the end times of the the stuff that we see in Revelation? Yes, we are. Do we know when Jesus is going to come back? No. But I do know that we're one day closer. I also know that towards the end of time, there's going to, we're promised that there's going to be more trials. The reason why I believe this message is so important for us today is because are we able to walk through life experiencing those trials, all those things, those fiery darts that the enemy wants to throw at us? And will it take us out of the game and crush us or will it actually build us? And I want us, church, to be in a place that when the trials come, we realize that it actually is going to build us because we're going to find the gem in the junk. And the gem is Jesus Christ and his nature and his qualities. And he's going to be in the process of setting us free, giving us new hope, new life, new freedoms. I feel this morning, oh, by the way, I'm I'm going to just finish reading here because I told you there's two types of trials. I'm going to briefly talk about the other trial and then um, you'll know what to do with what Peter says about that one. All right, so Peter then goes on to say, if you're insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and God rests upon you. So here's the other part of that but. He's saying here's the good things that you're going to find. When you're standing up for Jesus and you face opposition and persecution, he's saying it's it's not a bad thing. God's glory is going to rest upon you. But here's another but, I told you there's two buts in this passage, here's another but, this is on verse 38, uh, sorry, 15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a meddler, in other words, if you start doing stupid stuff, you're going stu- to suffer and <laughs> you're not going to be blessed for that. Like, he's basically saying, you you go to drinking parties, you you start living crazy, you start doing bad things, you will suffer. There are always consequences for sin. But he says, that's not where you're going to get a reward. That's not where there's, you're going to find God. Now, you're going to hopefully find repentance. You're going to hopefully find remorse and sorrow and turn away from that because all you're doing is creating pain for yourself and more bondage. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous are scarcely saved, That concerns me a little bit that he says that there. If the righteous are scarcely saved, that still concerns me, even if I read it twice. I was hoping I'd get a better, different response for myself on that one, but what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. I'm going to end on this point. What Peter tells us at this last part is, when, as you're suffering, because it's gonna happen, keep your trust and faith in Jesus Christ. And it's not just that. Then it goes on and says, while you're doing good. While you're doing good. It means that the fiery trial... If you don't allow it to take you out of the game, you rise up and strengthen. And yes, you might suffer, but you're going to say, keep trusting in God and keep doing good. Keep trusting God and keep doing good. Stay in the game. Stay in the game. Stay in the game, church. Stay in the game and keep doing good. See, the doing good means that we can't get our our attention on ourselves. We're going to stop doing good if we start wallowing in her own pain. Oh, look at my life. Isn't it bad? Oh, look at my situation. Isn't it difficult? No, it says rise above. Look for the gem in the junk. Stay in the game. Trust God and keep doing good. Amen? Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for this word this morning. We thank you for it piercing our hearts, Father, that you would continue to help us to grow in the midst of our fiery trial, that we would be like Jack-Jack, that we would, even though it feels like our life is on fire, that we would just keep giggling because, God, we trust you, and we know that you have our backs. You stay right with us. You never leave us. You're right there with us in the, in the midst of the trial and the feeling of our pain, but let our pain not crumble us. Let our suffering not take us out of the game. Let us stay in the game and keep doing well. But let us find you, Jesus, the gem, in the middle of the junk. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, this morning... Um, during worship, I felt like I, would, I wanted to do something to close this off. And you guys can start playing a little something. What's our last song, Pastor Richie? Yeah. Come to the altar. Uh-huh. Well, I am going to ask um, some people to actually come to the altar. Um, and it's going to be for... I feel like our younger generation is probably the one who, who faces the most potential opposition today. The world is is after them and the world will continue to uh, make it very hard for our young people to stand up for Jesus. I just want our young people, if you're at the ages of 12 to 23, I don't know why I picked those numbers, but this is what came to me. 12 to 23, if you just come up right here and just face um, face these people. If you're, if you're nervous of facing people, you can face me too. That's fine. Come on up here. If you're at the ages 12 through 23, come up here. Why don't you just face me? That's fine. It'll, it'll be easier for that for you guys. You won't feel so nervous. I'm a likable guy, so you can look at me. Come on over here. Come on, fill up this place couple things is I'm so impressed that we've got young people in our church. I want to say thank you to you guys. I know you love Jesus, but I also know it's hard. Some of you guys are in public schools and it's it's difficult standing up for Jesus. You might get ridiculed. You might get, you know, not part of the in crowd because you're not going to do all the crazy things that your friends might be doing or your classmates might be doing. Some of you may be already out of school, and, but you're at that age where it's like, you know, your friends just want to hang out get involved with whatever. But I want to let you know that one is you have a church body. They're going to keep keep committing to pray for you. The other thing is, when you face that trial, guys, look for the gem in the junk. You remember that, right? I try to make it really catchy so you remember that. Look for the gem in the junk. And find Jesus in the middle of that. He will get you through it. And he will help you rise to the occasion and you won't get crumbled by it. Where are my kids? Oh, they're serving. Oh, those Warren kids, they're so good. They're serving. No, they need to be here too, but I'll have my separate little church service with them later. Um, No, I just, I want us to take a moment to pray for you. If you feel... Can I have... I don't know why I'm getting emotional about this. (laughs) I just love you guys. If I can have somebody... I want to make sure somebody has a shoulder on each person. So in the congregation, can you just come and find one person to put a hand on their shoulder? I want to make sure everybody has... We got a little guy up here, I know he's behind the tall guy, so people can't see him. Can you put a hand, Seth right on this young man right here, and there we go. If we got multiple hands-on people too, that's like hand-on-hand, hand, we'll just get that through. Awesome. Well, Father, I thank you for our young people. Father, I know that what they have to walk through is not always easy. But God, that they would continue to pursue you. That they would find you in the midst of the pain. That they would find you in the midst of that pressure to feel like they need to conform, to feel like they need to be cool, to feel like something, whatever, Father. But they would keep standing up for you, Jesus. That their light would shine brighter in their life, not begin to get dim. Father, that these teens and these young adults would continue to pursue hard after you, God. Lord, these are the this is the generation that will take your word, Father, to the world. This is the generation that is going to continue to influence the next generation and our generation. So, Father, we know the enemy wants to take them out. And we are saying now, we are not going to allow that to happen lord i pray a protection over each one of them father that they would grow stronger in the trial not not to crumble under the trial father i pray that you would just fill them with your spirit that you would give them dreams and visions and prophetic words father that they would be used by you to bring healing to their their friends that are so broken That they would be used, Father, to bring light into their schools and into their friends' lives. That they would not back away, but they would pursue even more of who you are, Jesus. Father, I love, love, love these young people, and I know you do too. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you give these young people a hand? Thank you, guys. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Or right, tell you what, stay up here. Guys, stay up here. Let's worship. There we go. We don't need to go back to our seats. Everybody's... Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.